Welcome to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. The concerns that evangelical Christianity continues to be proselytized at the United States Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, Colorado, have not lessened since our August 9, 2005 interview with Air Force Academy graduate attorney Mikey Weinstein. Mikey Weinstein of Albuquerque, New Mexico, is a former assistant general counsel in the Reagan White House and former general counsel for H. Ross Perot. In October 2005, attorney Mikey Weinstein sued the United States Air Force in the United States District Court for the District of New Mexico, alleging violations of the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment to the United States Constitution because of the evangelical proselytization at the Air Force Academy. Details of this proselytization may be found in our first interview with Attorney Weinstein and the subsequent interviews with Rev. Melinda Morton and Professor Kristen Leslie at www.radiocurious.org. In this interview, recorded on December 11, 2005, Mikey Weinstein discusses the current status of his litigation the Officers' Christian Fellowship, located at many of the 702 United States military bases in 132 different countries around the world, what he believes to be the religious efforts and goals of some evangelical Christians, and the Military Religious Freedom Foundation, a nonprofit corporation which he is organizing. Mikey Weinstein, welcome to Radio Curious. Thank you, Barry. It's always great to uh, to be here and uh, uh, enjoy uh, speaking with uh, you and the Radio Curious listeners. When we spoke on August 3rd regarding the conditions at the United States Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, of which you are a graduate, you said you fear that we are losing our country. Well, uh, more so than ever now, I'm absolutely convinced beyond even the, you know, the slightest shadow of a doubt that we are now involved in a religious war, that the um, extreme um, evangelical, fundamentalist, dominionist religious right is trying very, very, very hard to take control of every aspect of this, uh, this country. And uh, there's, the evidence is just incontrovertible. For people that may believe that they're not, you know, this is something that doesn't interest them, I would give them the famous Leo Trotsky quote, that you may not be interested in this war, but let me assure you that this war is very interested in you. Give us some of the evidence that you would point to to support that statement. I'm going to give you a quote from one of the most important and influential uh, evangelical leaders in America today, uh, Mr. D. James Kennedy. And this was a quote that was given recently um, within the last five weeks or so in a major speech by the Anti-Defamation League. And the head of that, uh, Mr. Abraham Foxman, he and I have not always agreed, but I think even he agrees that this has become a very, very serious problem. Um, the quote is from this, uh, the, one of this most, important, this most important and influential evangelical leader. Quote, our job is to reclaim America for Christ, whatever the cost. We are to exercise godly dominion and influence over our neighborhoods, our schools, our government, our literature, and arts, our sports arenas, our entertainment media, our news media, our scientific endeavors, in short, over every aspect and institution of human society. 
that is uh, the best example I can give you of, of why I refer to this term as dominionist Christianity. Exercising dominion in complete flagrant violation of the United States Constitution, uh, making unbelievably uh, hubristic statements like um, the Air Force, you know, the Air Force's official opinion, uh, official policy stated on the front page of the July 12th New York Times that uh, we will reserve our right in the United States Air Force to evangelize anyone that we determine to be unchurched. There's also a book out by a man that um, I don't like very much. His name is Bobby Welch. He's the uh, president of uh, a group of uh, organization I'm sure you've heard of, Barry, called the Southern Baptist Convention. It's a book that your listeners can, if they want to Google it or just check it out on uh, Amazon, You, the Warrior Leader. It's all about infusing our military, our armed forces, with this radicalized Christianity. And if there's a part of that book where it talks about, right in the introduction, it says, Our Call to War. We are all at war. The church is not a passive, milquetoast organization to be tossed about by the whims of a pagan world, but the church is a militant, aggressive army marching against the enemy. The battle is won. The victory is ours. That is the church. Militant, aggressive, victorious. The Bible often uses parables and metaphors to, to describe the Christian's earthly life. But in this matter of warfare, the Bible does not use a parable or metaphor. It says what it means, and it means what it says. It speaks of the real thing. The Christian life is not compared to a war. It is a war. Therefore, we will learn through this book how to be more effective and victorious combatants in our spiritual war, war fighting by understanding the application of military strategy and leadership. Why is that important? I can't tell you the number of admirals and generals in our United States Armed Forces who carry this book around like it's their Bible, the same way that the, the extreme racist right uh, carried the book called The Turner Diaries around, Timothy McVeigh. Uh, that was a book that I'm sure you've heard of before, The Turner Diaries, Timothy McVeigh right. pattern. Related to the bombing of... Oklahoma City. Uh, and and you know, so it, it's the fact, when, the, when my sources tell me how many folks are carrying this book around. The book that you're talking about is You, the Warrior Leader by Bobby Welch, uh, the leader of the Southern Baptist Convention. Yes, there are 702 military installations of the United States of America located in 132 countries around the world. I mean, we're everywhere. And at every installation, uh, or almost every installation, there's a group called the Officers Christian Fellowship or the, for, the, for officers and the Christian Military Fellowship for non-commissioned officers and enlisted soldiers, airmen, um, Marines, and sailors. If you check out the website for just the Air Force version of this, it'll say that our goal for the Officers Christian Fellowship is to see a spiritually transformed Air Force with ambassadors of Christ in uniform. Now, let me make this very clear. Anyone gloriously or comprehensively celebrating their faith or no faith at all is perfectly fine with me and the armies that I lead in opposition. The problem is, is when you engage the machinery of the state, and when you have statements made that irrespective of, of any of the uh, precepts of the First Amendment, uh, Barry, of the Bill of Rights, of the U.S. Constitution, or for that matter, many Americans don't even think about Clause 3 of Article 6, which states right in the body of the Constitution that we will never have a religion test for any position of trust or any position of officership in the, in, uh, in the United States federal government. When this is happening, it's important to recall history, and that's why um, I know later in, the, in, the, in our discussion we'll talk about a book that I'd like to recommend to your readers uh, unless you want to do it now, because it's, it, it's very apropos. Well, mention the name now, and we'll come back to it later. It's, uh, it won the National Book Award a few years ago. It came out in, I think, 2001. It was an immediate New York Times bestseller uh, by um, the, the famous author James Carroll, a book called Constantine's Sword. And, in fact, uh, Hollywood is now making a movie out of this book. Um, it's a documentary much along the lines of March of the Penguins and Fahrenheit 9-11. They hope to have the, uh, the movie out and debut it at the... Uh, 
Robert Redford's The Sundance Festival in January of 07. Uh, and uh, it'll be in all the regular theaters. It's a book that chronicles the 2,000-year history between the church and the Jews. And if for no other reason, it's worth the $18 to buy it. It's a, very, it's a, it's a tough read. It's about 800, 700, 800 pages. But if you go to pages 622 to 627 of, of either the hardback or the uh, paperback uh, version of the book, they have a, an incredible chronology. It starts at 2800 BCE, and it goes to the present time. And I'm telling you, the message is unmistakable. We have all seen this train leave the station before. Every single time, without exception, when a radicalized fundamentalist version of Christianity has engaged the machinery of the state, and in particular, not whatever version of housing and urban development or the Department of Agriculture or the Department of Commerce existed, but particularly in that, that part where the sticks and stones are that break my bones, the armed forces, Every single time, Barry, do you know what we end up with? Well, let me tell you what we don't end up with. We don't end up with little puddles or little creeks or, or small lakes, streams, or rivers. We end up with oceans and oceans and oceans of blood. And I'm telling the American people and the listeners to Radio Curious that this is happening now. It is happening now. We have to stop it. We have to, this is a call to action. We've got to bring this country back to respecting everyone's religious freedom. Of course, I mean, we have more freedoms than, than most everyone else in the world does, but we cannot allow one particular version. And it's not the Hindus. It's not the Buddhists. It's not the, the, uh, even the Wahhabist, uh, uh, you know, Islamicists. It's not the Jews, the Daos, the Shintos, the agnostics, the atheists. It is, I'm at war not with Christianity and not with evangelical Christianity, Barry. I'm at war of uh, the subset within a subset of Christianity, and those are the dominionist Christians, the evangelical Christians that are trying to engage the machinery of the state to create two classes of, of American citizens, those who are children of the, be- of the right God and those that are children of a lesser God. Well, Mikey Weinstein, you have engaged the machinery of the state by filing a lawsuit in the United States District Court for the District of New Mexico in Albuquerque to challenge these processes. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your lawsuit. Well, I'm, I'm ashamed and disgusted that I even had to file it. The path that led to my lawsuit occurred again on July 12th when the number two ranking chaplain in the U.S. Air Force, Brigadier General Cecil R. Richardson, made an utterly astonishing statement on the front page of this planet's most visible newspaper, the New York Times. He stated that the Air Force uh, would reserve its right to evangelize anyone that it determined to be unchurched. I immediately uh, went on the attack with op-eds, press releases. I did many, many radio and TV shows demanding that they take that back. I waited. I thought, I thought they would do it within hours, then a few days, and then weeks passed. Finally, on September 20th, again, from July 12th to September 20th, I hired special lawyers to go meet with the Air Force Secretary in his office in the Pentagon, with the Air Force General Counsel. They carried one message. Mikey is going to sue you in federal court unless you take this back. It's clearly violative of the Constitution. It's not even close. This is a Tiger Woods two-inch putt to understand. Uh, they were, it was about a 70-minute meeting. The Air Force Secretary told my lawyers, um, um, well, tell Mikey we need, we, know, we, we need a week. We'll get back to you in a week. So we waited a week, Barry. At the end of the week, nothing happened. I instructed my lawyers to go back to the Air Force uh, 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 Secretary saying, you know, what's going on? At the end of the week, they said, oh, yes, we need another week. We need an additional week. But we're getting back to you on this. So I waited a week, and nothing happened. Same pattern. Called my lawyers up. They contacted the Air Force uh, Secretary and his lawyer, the general counsel of the U.S. Air Force. And they said, well, yeah, we're working on something, but we need more time. And I said, well, you know, fiddlesticks, enough with this. And I sued them in the U.S. District Court for the District of New Mexico on the morning of uh, Thursday, October 6, 2005. And what a coinky-dink 
six and a half hours later, my lawyers out here get a fax from the general counsel of the U.S. Air Force. And the fact said, oh, you know, we meant to get this out to you yesterday. I, I wish we had, because now you've filed suit. But, um, yeah, that we, we've gotten rid of that policy. And, um, and there was a document. See, there was this document that might have been understood to have uh, supported that policy. Well, we pulled that for further review. Well, we were astonished. I mean, we always knew that this was a noxious, hideously wretched constitutional implicit policy. And we thought it was an implicit policy, you know, to evangelize the unchurched in the Air Force. Now there's a document? You're kidding us. What was that document? Why has the document it... directing the Air Force to do that? Yes. Yeah, so, of course, under the federal rules of discovery... Have you seen that? Have you... It was passed out, actually, at the chaplain school, specifically stating right there, right there, but we don't know how many other documents there are, making this clearly an explicit policy. So from our perspective, uh, we figured, you know what, uh, I'm sure the Air Force would love for us to get into uh, some aspect of discovery here and go back to, what, the year 1947, when the Air Force became a separate service and do everything we possibly can to... Uh, to move forward on this. So I waited, uh, you know, because the media was pillaring the Air Force for this lawsuit, and I waited very, very hard for about you know, six or seven days. And on the eighth day, we extended the olive branch, Barry, and we, su- we suggested that we would be willing to, um, you know, to, uh, to settle this thing. Uh, it was very simple, because we're only asking for two things, because, of course, the religious right was just infuriated that I filed this lawsuit. Um, and the two things we're asking for, the first thing is, is that the Air Force will treat will be forced by the federal courts to treat religion to religion neutrally and the concept of religion as a whole to no religion neutrally. Now, where do we come up with this idea? Well, it's about 200 years of case law uh, out of, from our country, directly right down the middle. In fact, most recently, uh, when those two companion um, Ten Commandment cases came down, I'm sure you remember this summer in Texas and in Kentucky, and Texas had found the display of the Ten Commandments on the, the Texas state capitol grounds constitutional in a 5-4 decision, and at the same day it found the display of the Ten Commandments in a courthouse in Kentucky unconstitutional in a 5-4 decision. Writing for the majority in the, in the Kentucky case, Justice David Souter stated, look, here's our guiding principle for our country and for our Supreme Court. We must always ensure governmental neutrality between religion and religion and between religion and no religion. Sound familiar? That's the understanding of the Constitution of the First Amendment. And then the second thing we asked for was even, it was even simpler. We asked the courts to enjoin or force the Air Force to ensure that while on duty, we didn't even, even define that, we'll let the Air Force define that, while on duty, no member of the United States Air Force anywhere in the world at any time should have to suffer the ignominy of being proselytized or evangelized or pressured to change their religious beliefs while on duty against their will, involuntarily, against their will. That is all we're asking for. You know, you would think that the Department of Justice, which represents the Air Force, would, would be thrilled about wanting to get out of this lawsuit. At first, they were going to have the, uh, the U.S. attorney here in New Mexico handle it, but he's, a, he's a, an evangelical, born-again, right-wing Christian who's a very close friend of mine who also completely supports what I'm doing. Mikey Weinstein, let's pause for a moment to say that in this edition of Radio Curious, we're talking with Mikey Weinstein, an attorney who lives in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and a former graduate of the United States Air Force Academy, and the lead plaintiff in a lawsuit against the United States government and the United States Air Force, challenging the evangelical proselytization that's going on within the United States Air Force, and specifically at the United States Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, Colorado. You're listening to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. Mikey Weinstein, what has been the response? The government had to file an answer to the the claims that you submitted in the federal court in New Mexico. What did they say? 
Well, before I, I mean, I'm glad you, you mentioned a little bit about me. I want to make sure your listeners know that I'm, I'm not. It's very hard for the religious right. It's a it's very it's a, it's a difficult uh, play for them to try to cast me as a um, you know left wing. Uh, you know, uh, I'm a registered Republican. I also was uh, spent over three years as a lawyer in the White House to President Reagan, and also uh, was general counsel to H. Ross Perot. My family has three consecutive generations at our military academies. We have 115 years of combined active-duty military service in my family from every conflict from World War I to the current time. It's not as though um, they can try to throw me, paint me as, oh, I know they refer to me constantly as a godless secular leftist. Who refers to you that way? Uh, oh, I, I get that from the religious right all the time. Focus on the family and many others refer to me both collectively and both individually uh, as, all, as these things constantly. Um, I might also add that, uh, uh, you know, if you look at... Um, um, the response that, that you asked here from the federal courts, we filed the lawsuit on October 6th. We extended eight days later the offer to settle. Nothing happened. And then a few days after that, four very brave Air Force active duty second lieutenants, all four of them classmates from the class of 2004 from the Air Force Academy, joined me as plaintiffs. We wanted to make sure that we wouldn't have a standing issue because I only have taxpayer standing, the same standing barrier that you would have. It's very hard to get anybody on active duty in the Air Force to come forward for fear that their careers will be destroyed. But four second lieutenants came forward, three of them Jewish, one raised Roman Catholic who's currently an atheist uh, at this time, and one of them is my son, my eldest son, uh, who, uh, who, who married one of his classmates in the class of 2004 who's Christian. Half of my family is Christian. I married a Presbyterian girl who converted to Judaism right after we got married, but you know her whole family is half my family, and they're Christian. My daughter-in-law is Christian. And um, so that, that's why this makes it a little bit of a difficult pill to swallow for the religious right. In any event, um, uh, December 6th was the date that the government was supposed to respond. Uh, they contacted my lawyers and said they needed more time. They wanted a lot more time. We agreed to December 23rd. So I believe that's a Friday, and um, uh, we're expecting their answer. I'm sure they'll file a motion to dismiss in an attempt to throw me out for lack of standing, and you know we will fight very hard. For, uh, to at least get uh, discovery, because I have hundreds of people in the U.S. Air Force that contact me weekly, or actually daily, sometimes hourly, about things that are happening out there, and they're running around terrified. I mean, the religious right tried to start a rumor, Barry, that Mikey Weinstein was trying to stop people from saying, God bless you, after they sneeze. Um, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's astonishing. It's just absolutely astonishing. I had a woman contact me from um, a southern state uh, telling me that she'd been in direct contact with Jesus and that as a result of this lawsuit, Jesus had assured her he was increasing the frequency of malignant cancer cells in the breasts of Jewish women in retribution. These are some of the nicer ones that I get. I won't, I won't go into the absolute direct threats. It's just unbelievable. That sounds um, pretty unusual. But let's stay here on a, on a more material plane. Uh, you are creating um, a new foundation to deal with these issues. Can you tell us about that? Yes. We decided that this was something that um, the usual uh, folks that are the guardians out there, for some reason, um, this, this war, this secret war that's been going on, we believe, for the, at least 20 years and certainly has intensified for the last 10 to 12, you know, made it by the Anti-Defamation League, the ACLU, People for the American Way, the Southern Poverty Law Center, Americans United for the Separation of Church and State. Uh, they're, they're, they're not turning the ships into the torpedoes. We are, and uh, I'm announcing today, and this is the first time ever, uh, uh, we are forming a, uh, a foundation called the Military Religious Freedom Foundation, a 501c3, to which uh, as soon as we get the IRS approval, which will take a few months, uh, uh, will be, you know, this will be allowed to be a tax-deductible um, contribution. And the specific goal is to, uh, is to counter the Bobby Welches of the world, uh, the D. James Kennedys, uh, 
the Jerry Falwells, the you know the uh, Pat uh, Robertsons, the uh, James Dobsons. Well, and, that's um, the that's the unstated specific goal. How are you going to characterize the goal in the language of the foundation when you charter it in your state? Very, very clearly, to, to, we're going to preserve the founders' vision for religious liberty for all and freedom from religious tyranny for all. The, the essential goal is to ensure uh, with a direct focus right into the Holocaust. Uh, the motto for which is never again, and that means three things. Never again will we allow perpetrators of genocide. Never again will we allow victims of genocide. And most importantly, never again will we allow, allow bystanders of genocide. And how do you propose to advance this? We want to have something that is going to focus with laser-like precision on the military. If we lose the military to the religious right, we will lose everything. If we lose the armed forces, we will lose our way of life. And uh, we want something to focus with absolute laser-like precision. We want an organization that will, that will not be focusing on um, issues, not that they're not good issues, like in God we trust on the coins or under God in the Pledge of Allegiance. Those places, they have their places, but I'm, I'm frying other whales right now. And uh, we have nothing that will take on directly the usurpation by the dominionist, fundamentalist, evangelical, religious right of the United States Marine Corps, the United States Navy, the United States Army, the United States Air Force. And we have to do that. And uh, that's our mission. We're going to take them on uh, uh, in the media. We're going to take them on in the courts. We're going to take them on uh, in the churches, the mosques, the synagogues. Wherever they are, we're going to take them on. We're going to be the voice in opposition, because apparently there hasn't been for most of the last quarter century. And who will be the speakers of this voice? Well, it'll be me. And, uh, I'll be leading, but I also have some people that have decided to join the board that are wonderful. I'm sure you know of Chaplain Melinda Morton, former Air Force Academy. She's been a guest on, uh, on your show before, uh, as, as well as Dr. Kristen Leslie, who's also, I believe, been a guest from uh, Yale Divinity School. Uh, and I've got a, uh, another gentleman, a, a, a giant in the area of public relations based in Hollywood named uh, Howard Bragman. There's a lot of people that are, uh, are, are not willing to want to come forward publicly for fear uh, of retribution, but are more than happy to write large checks. And this will facilitate our ability to, uh, as I said before, turn the ships into the torpedoes and, uh, and fight. For people who are interested in learning more about your foundation, who would they contact? The best thing to do is to contact me. I'm in the phone book in Albuquerque, uh, but we will soon have a website up. Uh, it'll be www.religiousfreedom.org. It's not up yet. Uh, we, we've literally, this is the first time we've announced this. So we, we, are, um, um, we have professional fundraisers, professional public relations people, of course, professional attorneys, uh, all involved in uh, moving very, very quickly to get this thing up so that by the, the, the start of 2006 we can you know, be moving, maybe even before. Let's talk about the the information that you have gathered so far. I don't see too much of it in the media. What sort of response are you getting from the media? The media, of course, is, um, uh, that's why I always tell people, I don't see any left-leaning bias in the media. I see a lassitude bias. Um, you know, you have to take them by the hands and, and oftentimes, you know, just uh, just connect all the dots for them. Uh, the, the media, um, uh, of course, their job is to get people to read newspapers, listen to radio programs, and watch TV. Uh, so um, um, yeah, I think you know, going back to uh, uh, the famous um, um, statement in the media that if it doesn't bleed, it doesn't lead, you know, uh, oftentimes, uh, and, and God knows we live in a world where there's plenty of bleeding going on. So um, there are many folks in the media are, are perfectly well aware of what's happening. At this point, they, they tend to want to follow the uh, 
the calculus and the rhythm of the lawsuit. The next, the next time something comes out in the lawsuit, they'll cover it, they'll come back again, and because we are in the litigation. And, of course, that's, a, that's now a natural battleground. And to answer a prior question to you, I mean, the, you know, from the media's perspective, um, I've exhausted everything I can do on Capitol Hill. We couldn't get a single Republican to support what we're doing. We had a bunch of Democrats, scores of them, but now that we're in the election season, uh, even they're afraid to come forward in the main. Um, certainly going to the executive branch was useless. I mean, I paid lawyers I mean, you know, to, to go and, and, and meet directly with uh, the Air Force Secretary. In this case, it was Pete Guerin, who's since been replaced by Michael Wynn. Pete Guerin, for your listeners who don't know, for the last three or four years was one of the very chief aide-de-camps to Donald Rumsfeld. So it goes back to what... Um, uh, Harriet Myers was saying when she was trying to be uh, the next uh, you know, nominee for the Supreme Court, when she filled out her questionnaire for the U.S. Senate, she stated uh, that it was her belief that Americans that felt aggrieved by particular social, uh, you know, socio-political policies, if they can't get them handled on Capitol Hill or in the administration, they should not run to the courts because the courts should not be making policy. My, my answer to, uh, to Harriet Myers is, well, what the hell else did I have left to do? And that's why I'm in the federal courts. They're the last vestige, the last place we can go. And when I learned government, there, was, there were checks and balances. There wasn't one, one uh, uh, branch of government that, had, that, was, that uh, had supremacy over the others. This is exactly the way the founders set up our country, and that's why I'm in federal court. And that's why the media, to answer your question, seems to be following uh, every heartbeat that happens in the, in the lawsuit. Mikey Weinstein, I want to thank you again for joining us on Radio Curious for an update on your challenge to the evangelical proselytization at the United States Air Force Academy and within the Air Force. And you've told us a little bit about the book that you recommend, um, You, the Warrior Leader by Bobby Welch. Well, that's one of the books. That, that, I use that as an example of uh, why we, we, there clearly is absolutely, as we speak today, in a manner such as this, a war going on. The book I would recommend uh, much more higher, is the, is the, uh, much more heartily, is the, uh, the, the fabulous uh, tour de force um, New York Times bestseller by, the, by James Carroll, C-A-R-R-O-L-L, and it's called Constantine's Sword, and it uh, uh, delineates uh, the, the uh, just astonishing 2,000-year history um, uh, between the church and the Jews, uh, and uh, again, it's such a I, my, my sorrow in reading the book was that I realized it was such a large book and a, a bit of a difficult read, but a wonderful read. I wish that the average American could see it, and lo and behold, Hollywood has seen fit to hire a uh, Oscar-nominated director, uh, Oren Jacoby, who uh, was nominated this year for the documentary Sister Rose's Passion. Uh, he's the uh, director of the movie, and um, uh, Bob Richman, who's been twice nominated for an Oscar as the director of photography. And uh, uh, so uh, the book Constantine Sword to me, uh, I wish everybody could read it everywhere, um, constantly, omnipresently. Not to speak for you when I said that you recommend uh, you, the warrior leader, I said that to imply that that sets out one position uh, to which you are opposed so that people can clearly see where you are going and why. I'm, exactly. I'm opposed with my last drop of blood um, to, to fight uh, the the. Uh, horrible precepts that are presented in that uh, in that book. Well, Mikey Weinstein, thank you again for joining us on Radio Curious. My pleasure, Barry. Thank you very much. Mikey Weinstein is the lead plaintiff in the case of Weinstein versus the United States of America in the United States District Court in the District of New Mexico. The books he recommends are... You, the Warrior Leader, Applying Military Strategy for Victorious Spiritual Warfare by Bobby H. Welch, and Constantine's Sword 
The Church and the Jews, A History, by James Carroll, especially pages 622 to 627 of that book. Copies of this and other editions of Radio Curious can be found on our website, www.radiocurious.org. There are over 750 archives on our website, radiocurious.org, and I'm honored to tell you that Radio Curious is now part of the collection of the Library of Congress. We appreciate your cards, ideas, and letters, and do enjoy hearing from you. The email is curious at radiocurious.org. The postal address is 700 West Smith Street, Ukiah, California, 95482. The phone is 707-621-5075. Ignacio Ayala is the assistant producer. I'm host and producer, Barry Vogel. Thank you for listening.